Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Hear what I'm saying? Uh, for some of us, streaming is no is not because of COVID anymore. It's just laziness, and you need to watch that. You need to watch that. Get in the house of God. Get in the fellowship of God. Don't make your children believe that not gathering together is a good thing. Alright? Let technology not replace your commitment. Get together. Get together. And I said this a few days ago. Even in nations where there are intense persecution, believers still gather. Praise God. Uh, so I don't think COVID is an excuse anymore We've got to gather and be in the house of God And it provides accountability Provides an atmosphere For the word of God To be taught Amen Alright let's, uh, let's get into the word See how far we can go this morning And um, Continue with our teaching On the law of words Let's pray Let's get into the word Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Alright, let's, let's continue from where we stopped yesterday. We talked about the law of words. And we started by talking about the fact that scientific laws are constant. That means that they, can, they are predictable. What that means is that if the law of gravity is, 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 is the fact that if someone you know, jumps from a high place, it will fall down in Nigeria, it will be the same in London, it will be the same in, in Asia, it will be the same everywhere. And the fact that when people understand law, scientists for instance, they understand the law of gravity, and with the law of gravity, and we talked about the, the law of aerodynamics, the law of flights, which includes thrust, drag, and lift. And the fact that they put all these things together, they can design an airplane that is very predictable. And I did say that by the laws of the Spirit, we can make our life predictable. And so we talked about the law of confession. And we, we, we went on to talk about uh, saying the things that God has said, how God created the world. And we said that God created the world by speaking. He said, let there be light, or light be. That when, when God saw darkness, He didn't say, oh, see how dark the world is. That we as children of God are not to describe our situations, we are to speak to it. Right? We're not to explain our situations, but we are to speak to it. And then we read an interesting verse, which we'll read again. We'll start off from there this morning. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. Let's go there. Go to Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11. We're going to make the messages available uh, on Monday. Make sure you get a hold of them and listen to them again. Listen to them again. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. He says, so will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, 
without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in what I've sent it to do. Now, it's important for us to understand something that God says, talking about himself, my word goes forth from my mouth and it will not return to me empty. So we said, words don't come back empty. Words don't come back empty. And he says, it, without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I said it. That means every word has the capacity to produce. And I said that we, I want us to read this verse and put yourself there. Don't, don't think it's God speaking. Okay? So everybody, I want us to read it. One, two, three, go. So will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. Are we reading together? Let's read again. So will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Now let's, let's assume that this will come to pass every time you speak. How would your life turn out? Every time you release words, you are sending words on Aaron. You are speaking. You are constructing your life. You are recreating your life. And this is not positive speaking. This is saying what God has said. And so we understand that words are laws. And then we read uh, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 37. It says, By your words you are condemned. And by your words, you are justified. Now, I gave an example. I'm just giving a bit of background so that those of you who were not here yesterday can just catch up with the message. I gave an example and I said, if I say, um, flour, ice, sugar, uh, what, what else did we talk about? Huh? Yeast. Those words I've just mentioned, they are associated with what? Baking or catering. Okay. If I say acceleration, fluid, oil, uh, break, those words are associated with what? Car or physics or science. Right. Okay. Uh, if I say justify, condemn, those words are associated with what? Law. law. So these are legal terms. So these are legal terms. The Bible says, by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, make sure your phones are switched off. And endeavor, just take a look at it, make sure your phones are switched off. It can be very distracting while I'm teaching God's word. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. It didn't say by the words of another man. It didn't say by the words of someone else. It says your words will condemn you. The word condemn means to put in bondage. Or your words will free you. That is why in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10, the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. When we use the word accuser, under which... Uh, range of words that we're talking about. That's also a legal term. 
Are, are you following this? When we use the word accuser, we're also talking about a legal term. You see, this life runs on legal spiritual laws. That is why the Bible says about Jesus. It says that when we sin, we shouldn't sin. It says, but when we sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. He didn't just say he is faithful. No. He says he is faithful and just. So, the faithfulness of God forgives you, but there is a legal ground by which God should forgive you. That legal ground was the fact that Jesus shed his blood on the cross. So, listen, the forgiveness of your sin is not just because God is faithful. A price had to be paid. If the price was not paid, Satan has a right to torment your life. Are you hearing this now? Come on, are you following me? That's why in John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13, the Bible says, As many as received him, he gave the power. The Greek word there, there are two Greek words for power. One is dunamis, which means uh, dynamic working power. And there's exousia, which means authority. It says, as many as received him, he gave the authority to become the sons of God. That means you have a right as a son of God. You're not just a son of God by, you know, casual means. No, when you accepted the Lord, you had a right to become a son. So, your being a Christian is a legal thing. So, the Bible says, by your words you'll be justified and by your words you'll be condemned. That's why when they arrest a criminal, well, they are not actually supposed to call someone a criminal until the law courts have found them as criminals, but when they arrest a suspect, so they use the word suspect, okay, in a civil society, you hear when they arrest you, you know, the first thing as police catches you, the first brush you, you see yourself on the ground. Uh-huh. And then they don't even handcuff you, only you will just handcuff yourself and enter the black mire to avoid further injury. But uh, in, in, a, in a civil society, before you are arrested, you are you, you are presented with the warrant of arrest, which is the legal authority by the government to arrest you. Okay? So, then they read your rights to you, and they tell you, you know, you have a right to remain silent. Because anything you say can be used against you in the, in the court of law or the law courts. Why is that? Because from the moment you are arrested, your words count. Your words count. And anything you say in the presence of the police officers can be used against you as an exhibit against you in the law courts. That's why one of the most potent uh, exhibits you can ever produce in, in the law courts are voice recordings. It's very, very potent. Because once you say something, you are held accountable for it. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you following this now? So, uh, the Lord says, by your words, you are condemned. And that is why when you are faulted and you are in the law courts, you need to have a session with your lawyer. And your lawyer will tell you what to say. Say, when they ask you this, say this. When they ask you this, say this. Say it like this. Don't say it like this. But if you decide that you are a man of your words, hmm? you now decide that I'm a man. Nobody can tell me what to say. When I go there, I will just tell them my mind. Anything that will happen, will happen. You will go to jail. Because what wins the case for you in court is not your mind. That is why a Christian cannot just speak his mind. Are you with me? Hey, 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 hey. Are you here? 
you cannot just speak your mind. You have to say what, lo- what your lawyer tells you to say. And we will get there. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed, if you have been redeemed, say so. What have we been redeemed from? Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. The Bible says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. What's the curse of the law? Spiritual sick, um, sickness, sin, de- death, which leads to poverty. We have been redeemed from it. If we have been redeemed from it, we have to say that we have been redeemed from it. So, there is a language of redemption. Say, there is a language of redemption. Say one more time. Say, there is a language of redemption. A redeemed man has to speak in a certain way. A redeemed man has to speak in consistency with what has been declared. This is our constitution. This is our legal document. This is not just pages of paper. No, we find our rights in in here. We know what our rights are. We have a right to prosperity. We have a right to protection. We have a right to increase. Glory to God. And that's what we say. That's what we confess. That's what we declare. Now, Go, go to um, Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 2 and see how powerful your words are. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 2. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, Amen. amen. I didn't hear that. Somebody say, Amen. amen. Praise God. All right. Where did I say you should turn to? Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, when you, for instance, the verse 1 talks about when you go and pledge something to a stranger and and the rest. It says, if you have been snared with the words of your mouth. If you have been caught with the words of your mouth. You see, the words of your mouth can snare you. The word snare is a trap. Many people do not see progress in life because they have trapped their lives with their words. No matter how bad a nation is, no matter how bad a situation is, if a man will put the word of God on his lips and says that consistently, he will find victory. Are you still here? No matter what you read, no matter what you read in the papers, you know, I've heard people say, This is Nigeria, you can't get anything except you know one big man. Well, you shall have what you say. And unfortunately for you, you don't know any big man. Even the God you know is not big enough. I say, but I'm stating the facts. Remember, we have what we say. We have what we say. When the Lord saw darkness, Genesis chapter 1, we talked about that. He didn't say, oh, there's darkness. No, he said, light be. He said, like me. Some of the most unbelieving people you would ever walk around are people who are only stating the facts. I'm being real. I just want to be real. I don't know how to hide my mind. I speak my mind all the time. Look at where your mind has kept you. No productivity, no increase. You're not working in divine health. You see, if you are too proud to follow God's command, God cannot help you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you in due season. Humility means saying what God wants you to say. You know, it takes humility to listen to your lawyer. 
Because certain times, you will even think you know more than the lawyer. The lawyer might be younger than you. Say, in this life, I have had many experiences. That's not what produces, you know, experience is not what produces uh, victory in court. It's what you can be able to prove. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Now, let's go to Proverbs chapter 18. Thank you, Lord. And verse 20 to 21. Very important verse of scripture. Proverbs chapter 18. Verse 20 to 21. And, and you know, sometimes you ask people, because we are trained to talk negatively over, over time. We, we, we're trained that way. And so it's easier for us. Because sometimes, the time you would use to, com- to complain, to grumble, to talk negative, you can use that time to speak the word of God. And when you want to talk God's word, it looks like you are living, you know, in another world. But yes, actually you are. Your citizenship is from heaven. Hallelujah. I said your citizenship is from heaven. You know, there are people who just, oh, we can't wait to get to heaven. Oh, when we get to heaven, all this suffering will be over. So you actually want to live the whole of your life on earth suffering. Then when you get to heaven, the suffering will be over. What use will it be then? You're already in heaven. You want to live sick. God didn't design you to live that way. Even in the Old Testament, the saints of God that followed God walked in health. The saints of God that followed God walked in prosperity. They walked in preservation. You know, Abimelech took the wife of um, Abraham, Sarah, and, and wanted to sleep with her. And the Lord restrained him in a dream. Caused everything in his house to be buried. Abraham was not praying acidic prayer points. Hmm? And you look at our Christianity today, so fearful. So fearful. Because we've been taught wrongly. We've not been taught as the people who have dominion. We have been taught as those that need to run away from the devil. You know, you have people say, there are witches in this company, I want to pack out. So where? That's why you should stay there. You are their hope. You are their source of salvation. And I've even heard ministers recommend that. Say where you are now. You cannot prosper there. There are too many wicked people. Move. You, light, moving for darkness. What a shame. What a shame. Oh, I can't go to the village. There are many wicked people there who want to kill me. And you're not embarrassed to say that. And you're a Christian. Why are you born again? You know, one time I told someone, I said, the way we are going, it's even better if we now serve the devil. It even makes more sense. Because we run away from occult people. We run away. You know, I've heard people say, I can't get a job in that place. You know, the occult people are the ones in top position. And they want me to join them. And they say, if I don't join them, I, will get a, I won't get a job. And you, you are saying that as a Christian. Get born again now from Christianity and join them. While in Babylon, the Bible says Daniel was in charge of all the magicians. You see, it's not today that light and darkness have been coexisting. In Babylon, the whole nation, the whole nation were to bow before a golden calf. Uh, before the, the, the image of Nebuchadnezzar. And it's for Hebrew children say we will not bow. They say we will not bow. They plotted everything against Daniel. He rose to the top. He didn't stop his prayer life. 
<laughs> you know, something funny is, very, is, is happening. And you know, sometimes when you say these things, people say, oh, it's because you are a pastor. And we, we are getting into a situation, and I'll just say it as, as passing, but we're getting into a situation right now where uh, believers are getting employed that they can't be in church anymore. Yeah, we, we've got people in church here who... who I mean, there are literally, I know some of our guys who got jobs six months ago. They've never been in church because, I mean, one of them told them you're going to work from Sunday to Sunday after one year before you get you start getting your leave. And and you think it's a good thing. You think it's a good thing. You know, it's like pursuing money at the expense of your spiritual life. And all because we are too fearful that God cannot meet our needs. So even when employees place certain demands on us, you say, oh, what choice do I have? I don't want to beg. You see, you cannot see the power of God until you step out in faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, God cannot walk on your behalf until you put His kingdom first. And this is not just about provisions. It's the fear of mammon. It's bowing to the God of mammon. And that's why the scripture talks about those. It says, warn them that are rich in this world. Not to trust in uncertain riches. It says, warn them. He didn't say praise them. He said, warn them. That's what Paul told Timothy. Let them not trust in uncertain riches. You see, whatever wealth we have, one policy from the government can bring it down. Only your faith in God, praise God, can take you over. Look at Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20 to 21. It says, With the fruits of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of a man's life. Man's mouth, sorry. His stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. I want us to really take time. I'm going to continue teaching on this probably some other time. So I don't want to rush it, but I want you to take time. Look at two words there. Take a look at that very carefully. Look at two words. Look at the word fruits. And look at the word product. Okay? Look at the word fruit. Look at the word product. Look at the word satisfied. So when you look at that verse, you will see that satisfied comes twice. First line, with the fruits of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. Right? Are you here? Then he will be what? Satisfied with what? The product of his lips. So, when you look at that verse, you will see the word fruit. And products. You will see the word satisfied. You will see the word mouth or lips. So if you categorize those words, if you break them, you, you maybe you draw a table, you will see lips on one side, satisfied, then you see fruits and products. It tells us that what a man says is not just words. That what a man says are fruits. And of course, you know what fruits contain? Seeds. And that actually, 
what a man says are products that can either satisfy his life. I want you to think about that. Think of your words as fruits that you are eating, you are partaking. So what kind of fruits are you releasing? What products are you creating? Says he will be satisfied with the product of his lips. That means your satisfaction in life can come by speaking the right words. Words are not just words. They create realities. Jesus says, John 6, 33, the words that the flesh profited not in the spirit, you know, and the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Words carry spirits. That's why if somebody looks at you and says, you're a very stupid person, you will not smile. Huh? You, you will be downcast. Why will you be downcast? The spirit behind that word. And if somebody comes and says, oh, you are beautiful, you are lovely. Let's say, imagine your wife wears a nice dress. And you say, oh, this looks good on you. She'll start laughing. Right? Right words. Spirit has gone behind those words. Spirit of joy. Maybe she, she wears something. And you look, ah, who saw this yet? You know? <laughs> then if you, even if you let her say, no, it's okay, it's okay. She will change that shit. Ah, she will change it. Don't just tell your wife who saw this yet. She will change it. Even if you don't know what you're saying. But there's a spirit behind that word. It's a spirit of dissatisfaction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you say it in one way, but if you say, you know, pidgin English doesn't have punctuations. So there's a way you can also say it. And it looks like, oh, who's the tailor? I mean, the person is good. So depending on the mood, the spirit behind the word. But you understand what I'm saying? Words are not just words. Where you are today is a product of the things you've spoken. And so, if you want to get to the next phase of your life, what should you do? Start rearranging your words. Start rearranging your words. Don't wait until January 1st next year before you start speaking about next year. Why don't you start ordering the year right now? Why don't you start speaking right now? Glory to God. That's what I do all the time. I develop a confession for the year and I start speaking. And I start declaring. And I start and I hold that confession consistent regardless of what I see. Next verse. Next verse. Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. This is big. This is big. In fact, the word power there, if you read some Hebrew translation, says, are in the hand of the tongue. We just read in the first verse that a man will be satisfied with the fruits of his lips. The next verse says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. That means your tongue is not just meant for eating or tasting nice food. Your tongue contains death and life. And it says those who love it, love what? Love whatever, love death or love life, that's the fruit they will eat. 
What are you speaking over your life? What fruits are you eating? Are you speaking death? Or are you speaking life? Now, what you speak is what is made up in your heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of a man's heart, the mouth will speak. You don't, you know, you don't have, you know, even if I tell you here, confess that I'm rich, confess that I'm rich, and you go, oh, wow, glory to God, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm blessed, I'm, you know, the grace of God, and you confess all of that. You go home, you open your pot, realize that there's only one head of fish. <laughs> what are you going to say? This life. Hmm. Life no balance, I mean. <laughs> in this life no balance. So, hmm. uh, you see, you know what? What I told you to say in church was not in your heart. What you really believe about your life is what you say when you open that pot. That's what you really believe. You see, that's why Sunday morning is to train you, and you go back and you meditate and you start filling your heart. The Bible says, "We believe, therefore we speak." The first area to walk in when we talk about confessing the word is to fill your heart with God's word. That when you see those contrary situations, what comes out of your heart is the word of God. You will see things that will shake your faith. You will see things that will try your faith. That's when to hold fast to the confession of your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, 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 are you still in church? You realize when you go to the law courts, Huh? And they are cross-examining you in the law courts. The other lawyer is not just going to say, uh, let's say for instance, someone killed somebody. The other lawyer is not going to just say, did you really kill that person? Just tell me your, the truth. No, you're not going to do that. Even if you didn't do it, they will ask you questions to implicate yourself. You see, the accuser of the brethren is not calm. Satan is not cool. He will kill you if he has a chance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He will give you contrary evidence. He will bring situations your way that would that would that would shake your faith. That would cause you to look at the word of God and it looks like the word of God is not working. He will bring situations your way that will cross-examine your faith. That's when you need to be bold to declare. This is what the Lord says. I stand by my confession. I stand by my declaration. You see. If you are in a, a if you if you have a, a criminal case in court and you keep changing what you say, even the judge will rule against you. I hear what I'm saying. One day you come to court, say, hey, Mister A, and hey, what happened? You are talk, 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 talk. And the next day you come to court, they adjourn the case for another month. You come, you say, you say another story. Say, why did you say that? He said, that day I was happy. <laughs> huh? Then the next day, yeah, when I woke up today, I was not very happy. They are joined the case again. You come with another story. Say, what happened today? Say, when I was coming, somebody talked bad to me. So, I'm just speaking for anger. <laughs> you, will go to, you will go to jail. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your confession has to be consistent. Your words. Because immediately your words are changing. The judge cannot help you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why if, you, if you're preparing for a case, they will tell you, say, read this thing. Read it. Say it like this. Read it. They will give you something to read. You, you are not yourself if you want to have victory. You have to trust your lawyer. That's why you hire a lawyer that you trust. 
You don't just hire anybody who has a black suit and white, uh, uh, white and black suit and say, you look like a lawyer. He say, I think so too. He say, yeah, come and judge my case for me. No, you, both of you, they will even arrest both of you. By the time they, they discover the man is, has impersonated, they, they put two of you. So, you can't guide your life just by every counsel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got to follow the word. You have to follow what is written. You see sickness, but you keep saying health. You keep saying health. Your confession is health. The Bible says, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and he will not receive anything from the Lord. Your confession cannot be double. It has to be straightforward. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'll say this. Please, no offense. Anybody who wants to leave Nigeria, right, you want to relocate out of the country, that's your choice. It's fine. You can relocate in silence. You can just live in silence. You, can, you, don't, you don't need to live and leave destructive words behind. It doesn't help. Ah, this country can never be good. Did you just say that? You are a big liar. Yes. To never be good. Who gave you that authority? Who do you think you are? You studied economics for four years. Because of economics for four years, I have looked at the indices. I have checked the figures. Mm, there's no hope. You. You've checked the figures of a country the Lord created. You've checked the figures of where God's children are. And after your careful analysis and plotting the graph, it will not be good. If you have never lied in your life, you just did. You know why? You didn't make this country. You didn't create anything. God's word over this country will come to pass. We will flourish. We will be productive. The days will come when people will seek to come back home. Because you will hear that God has given bread to Bethlehem. That's what the word says. That's what our lawyer says we should say. That's what our advocate says. Don't join the accuser of the brethren. Go if you want to go. Feel free. And we rejoice with you. We pray for you. We release you. But don't condemn what God has not condemned. Because in this nation, we release the words of freedom. It doesn't matter what we see right now. The word of the Lord will come to pass. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're not talking emotions here. We're talking God's word. And that's the same thing we do when we conclude on people's life. I have been alive for like 40 years. I've studied this person. I don't see a future for the person. I've seen the situation. There's no hope. Do you also know that for you, somebody said there was no hope? It's just that you didn't hear. Yeah, somebody looked at you. I don't look at you. Your, your teacher in primary six. I don't know who your teacher is, but let the teacher forgive me. Your teacher in primary six looked at you and said, This one. Mm. He didn't say anything. He said, You did. Mm. I know that one is worse than saying because what he wants to say cannot say it. But look at who you have become. Listen, don't give up on your life. Don't give up on your nation. Don't give up on your business. Don't give up on the ministry. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your children. God's word will come to pass. I said God's word will come to pass. 
we will flourish. You will prosper. Your broke days are over with forever. Nobody says you'll be poor for the rest of your life. That's not what the word says. God makes all grace abound towards you. That you have sufficiency in all things. You say what your lawyer says. And by your words, you release life. And that life that you love is the fruit you will eat. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me tell you. See, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Listen to me. Don't write yourself off. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is when you look at your life and look like, ah, when Lord, relax. Relax. Ah, relax. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? God has time in his hands. Ah, relax. Don't give up on anybody. I'm telling you the truth. Don't think anybody's life is just wasted. Ah, you'll be amazed at who God will use. You know, when Moses, <laughs> when Moses tried to deliver the children of Israel and killed somebody, and he ran, if they ever told you that Moses would deliver the children of Israel, would you believe? Say, ah, ah, the man in my run. I don't keep it. Just take off. Can't come back again. They won't give him papers. <laughs> I mean, the guy came back with rod. And the guy dazzled Pharaoh, dazzled Egypt. Ten plagues. Magicians will produce snake. The guy will produce bigger snake. Pharaoh will do. The guy will release frog, frogs. Made the whole of Egypt dark. Moses. That was bad. Don't watch those, the other film they acted so that children will understand. Go and read the Bible. It was terrible for Egypt. Then Pharaoh released them. They crossed the Red Sea. Whoever thought Moses would be able to, with God, open the Red Sea? They have that capacity. Open the Red Sea. Then the chariots of Israel, of Egypt, were pursuing them. Man, close. <laughs> ah. The whole army got in the middle and closed up. You know how you keep people and, and kill the evidence? <laughs> Man closed up the sea. That guy, nobody will recommend him for delivering people. When God told Joseph, you lead, his brother sold him. Sold him. His father thought the guy is gone and dead. I believe God is giving me the permission to say this to help someone in this service this morning. And then, finally, got a job. Potiphar's wife thought I was breakthrough. Until Madame wanted some, something else. The guy stood his ground. Went to prison. For no just cause. Listen, there is no way you will plot that graph and plot your way out. Number one, you are a stranger. Eh? A slave. Then number two, you were accused of trying to rape Potiphar's wife. Not just anybody. Potiphar. Rape accusation with evidence. Your cloth was in her hands. So you can't say it's not your cloth. Do you understand? There's nobody who will judge that case. Then you are put in prison. But by the time God was done with Joseph, Pharaoh said, the whole land of Egypt is before you. 
It's only in my commands that I'll be above you. The man got a wife without bride price. And he didn't just marry any girl, married Potiphar's wife. You know, some of you, you think that you have suffered and suffered and suffered so much that what God will give you is a companion that will just help you to close that suffering. No. Don't conclude that way. He got married the king's daughter and became number two in Egypt. Rode on a royal chariot. Nobody can plot that gap. Let me tell you, all the plans you have for your life, they are small compared to what God has planned for you. And that's why you're confessing the way you're confessing. You're just talking based on your plan. No, when I do two or two things, put two, 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 three together. I'll just go in here, I'll just enter here, enter here, come out. <laughs> All those plotting, you'll just come out somewhere. But what God has in mind for you, if you will follow the leading of the Spirit, if you will follow the Word of God, if you follow what God is putting in your heart and you speak it, nobody has an idea where you'll end up. It will be a good place. But how good it is, really, hey, you have no idea. Glory to God. Are you still here? Let's look at something here. Glory to God. And um, Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's look at something. Dead and life is the power of the tongue. Let's go to first Peter and then I'll just look at the story very quickly or... We can, we can just wrap up. Uh, go to First Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Have you learned something? Thank you, Lord. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, For the one who desires life, to love and to see good days, if that man, I think I wrote about this in my book, The Good Life, if you want to see good days, he said he must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. If you want to see good days, do you want to see good days in the near future? Keep your tongue from speaking evil. What's evil? Evil is unbelief. The scripture talks about the evil heart of unbelief. Evil is speaking what God has not said. Deceit, what is not truth. You see, it is a lie. It says, if a man desires life, and the man wants to see good days, say, keep your tongue from evil. You keep it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You keep your tongue from evil. Train your children, train your wife, train your husband to speak the right words. Don't accommodate evil around you. Don't accommodate words of death around you. Oh, nothing good is happening in this land. Who said so? Oh, who said so? You know, I tell people this. <laughs> you know, every time people say, Ah, there's nothing bunny, bunny is very dry. There's nothing bunny, bunny is very dry. Have you talked to people who are outside bunny? You know, they think we live in heaven. I said, man, ah, let me just come. Say, there's nothing here. I said, let me go just stay for road. My God. <laughs> it's, it's perception. That's why you see this, right? If you look at our Igbo brothers, I've traveled quite a, quite a bit, okay, to several nations, especially African nations. There is no African nation I've been to, whether East Africa, South Africa, or West Africa, that I've been to, 
that you don't have successful Igbo traders, legal successful Igbo traders. In fact, I was shocked. One time I was on missions to Cameroon, and they took me to one of the biggest shops there in Cameroon. It was owned by a Nigerian, it was an Igbo guy. And you know, Cameroonians are trying to get to Nigeria. Yeah, like, ah, man of God, man of God, man of God, man of God. They're trying to get to Nigeria. And that guy has established himself. The guy speaks French fluently. I asked him how long has he been in Cameroon. As of when I went, he has been in Cameroon for 25 years. The man is still there. I was in Liberia. And I went to a cafe then to send mails. The cafe was owned by a Nigerian in Liberia. But when he saw me, he said, you look like my brother. I said, I said where are you from? He said, I'm from Nigeria. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> Doing well. You know why? The man went in with the mind that I will succeed here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you find out even in this our land, by December, when all the shops close. Hmm? You know. You know that we, it is sight we want to go to, we don't own shops. Because once we wear coverall and helmets, our problem is solved. We don't own shops. Yeah. How many, how many bunny people own supermarkets? The shops you buy things from, are they owned by bunny people? Let's be honest now. Very few. Hmm? So you see. Yeah. You see. Because our mind is no, it has to be that. It has to, no, open yourself up to possibilities. I'm going to say own shops. I'm not saying beer parlor. <laughs> uh, because you know that some uh, beer parlor is not. <laughs> you just buy 10, uh, 10 plastic chairs and 10 tables. They carry your radio outside. And then in the night, you just, you just bring you drink. Say, oh, God has, this, has, this is what God has blessed me with. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Real stuff. But you see, if we don't see good in this land, we will not experience the good of the land. The Bible says if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. When we moved here as missionaries with my family, we, we said this is our hometown. It's not like we are walking, 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 one day we retire. Retire to where? You can't plan your life that way. You see, where you are in the moment, Partake of the goodness of God in that moment. Some of us are so in the future, we don't enjoy today. Ah, small, small. I'll just do smarty. Smarty, I don't come out. I don't go village. Smarty, I don't. You are 30 years here. Will wisdom not tell you that you are here for a long time? Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, let me tell you something about life. Where you are today, partake of the goodness of God there. Stay faithful there. And if the Lord needs to move you somewhere else, he will get it done. Hallelujah. He says, if you want to see life, if you want to see good days, keep your tongue from evil. Read the scripture, Psalm 141, verse 3. He says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I want us to close here. Maybe some other time I'll continue teaching on this. He says, Set a guard, O Lord. Over my mouth. Keep a watch over the door of my lips. Your lips is a door. But if things enter your life, 
And things go out of your life When you speak death Things go out of your life When you speak life Things come into your life Keep a watch on the door of your lips Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, for the remaining three months of this year Keep saying This year will end With testimonies for me This year will end in favor I'm set for the best three months of the year Keep saying that Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even when the wind is contrary Keep saying that I don't have time to speak about Jairus And, 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 and the woman with the issue of blood I'll take time to also teach that I'll still continue teaching this Jairus, and I think I'll still continue teaching After the conference, I'll just keep teaching Because I want, to, I, want to, I want us to really establish this principle Listen, I want it to be a culture in this church That we have the right confession Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you think about this church Say the right words This is what you will say The Lord has made room for us in this land and we are fruitful Are you hearing what I'm saying? When they say, oh, that KDCC church, is that the church you're going to say? Yes, that's the church I'm going to. The church that the Lord has made room for in the land and we will be fruitful. We will not be insignificant in this land. Oh, we will increase. We will grow. A time will come where people will be struggling to come into our services. We're not just going to have two mini full services. We're going to have two full services that people will queue up literally to get in the land. Because the Lord will make room for us. We didn't come here to watch people grow. We didn't come here to just be one little church in one little part of the corner. No, the Lord brought us here to take, to, to take things over. Hallelujah. And we will not be broke. We will be a rich church. The money will come to do God's work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, I'm saying what I want to see. Glory to God. So you say, oh, is this that church you're going to? Is this the church of the rich people you're going to? Say yes. We can't accept poverty because you don't like us. Say, are you going to rich people? No, it's not, it's not rich people. If you really come inside, you really know that we don't have. It's not me and you. It's not me and you. Don't say that. Don't try to defend. Come on, are you going to the rich people's church? I didn't hear that. Are you going to the rich people's church? Do you have a problem with that? The, the scripture says the poor you would always have with you. So poverty will be constant in life. And be glad you're coming to the rich people's church because riches is going to rub off on you. I said riches is going to rub off on you. Hallelujah! Are you going to the church where the people are healthy? Yes! Are you going to that big church? Yes! Let's not try to defend things that people want to force us. It's the accuser trying to put words in our mouth so we will shut the door of our progress. Glory to God. Are you blessed? I mean, this church, we are getting ready for the biggest phase that we have ever experienced. The blessing of God is coming on this church. The days are coming in this church where members are going to buy cars for other members. The days are coming in this church where members are going to build houses for other members. Listen, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about you doing it for someone else. Don't just look at you like, I received. No, you are going to buy a car for someone. You are going to build a house for someone. You are going to pay someone's school fees. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The days are coming when people in this place, when we do our December to remember, the whole town will feel the effect of the goodness of God. And we are ready. I said, we are ready. Come on, I said, we are ready. 
I said we are ready. Jobs are going to flow freely. Children are going to flow freely. Houses are going to flow freely. People in this place, God is going to rewrite your story. A shift is going to happen to you. In the next three months, there's going to be a rapid release of miracles, signs, and wonders in the name of Jesus. You're not going to be small. You're not going to be insignificant. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Marriages will happen. Children will come forth. Healing will come forth. In the name of Jesus. What we need will come forth. In the name of Jesus. The favor of God will be upon us. We didn't come here to watch other people live life. We came to live also. We are not spectators in the path of life. We didn't come to clap for some people and say, Wow, wow, see Bessie. No, we didn't come to do that. You know, sometimes we can stand in awe of people that God has blessed and it looks like we just came here to clap hands for them. The devil is a liar. We didn't just come here to clap hands for people doing it. We came here to participate. We came here because we would say, when the Lord turned our story, we were like those that dreamed. Hallelujah! Job said, I'm not inferior to you. We're not inferior to anybody. We're created in the image of God. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of us. Faith is in our lips. And we will speak words that will come to pass. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The days of low self-esteem is over. Come and I say, the days of low self-esteem is over. We are created in the image of God. We are created in the image of God. It's the same blood that was shed for your brother that was shed for you. Glory to God. Not intimidated. The Lord can bless you. He can bless me too. And yes, He's doing it already. Because I'm going to say it. Oh, thank you, Lord. You know, I tell fellow ministers, young people who get into the ministry very early, I started pastoring very early. You know, you can stand in awe of the people God is using. Oh, how God is using that mighty man of God. But it's also a time where you have to validate the call and the anointing of God on your life. Because if you were not needed, God would not have called you. And if God called you, that means you are needed and anointed. And you are anointed for the people that God has called you to. We didn't come here to be insignificant. We didn't come here to watch people live life. We didn't come here to, to be on the spectators' stand and watch some people play football. We're not fans in life. We came to live. Oh, do I have a witness in this house? I said, we came to live. We came to live. Thank God for what God is doing for you. But mine is here. Mine is on the way. These are my days. Glory to God. I thank God for how God has blessed you. I thank God for your marriage. I thank God for your business. I thank God for your job. But God is not out of power. Why? God is not out of power. God is not out of power. God is not out of favor. God is not out of goodness. If He did it for you, He will do it for me. Glory to God. We're not under anyone. We're not spectators. We came to leave. I said we came to leave. We came to leave. We're not going to leave up crumbs. No, We will not leave up the crumbs of what people are going to offer us. No way. I'll tell you this. There is an anointing on my life for this church. And you will prosper. I'm telling you this. Oh yes, there is an anointing. Listen, saints. Listen. You can go off the camera. Listen. God sent me here. I didn't come to Bonnie Island on my own. Are you hearing this?
didn't come because there's a lot of money in this land. I didn't know Bonnie before. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.